Let's do Psalm 37. Psalm 37. The subject or the title tonight of our thought is worry, worry. Now, you know what worry means by definition? It means to make or be troubled or uneasy. Now, all of us have worried. If you haven't, now you're lying in church. So we can all identify with worry, even as believers. There is no age requirement or limitation. We think, we think sometimes older people worry. I'm not sure how old is old, but older people worry. But you know what? Senior saints worry. Middle-aged saints worry. Young couples worry. Children worry. And so there's no age on it. Now, some are prone to worry more than others. You know people, and I know people. They're prone to worry more than other people. And worry can make you sick, physically. And I believe it can even kill you. And so, it reminds me of a church bulletin blooper. We're talking about worry. It says, don't let worry kill you. Let the church help. Worry can become sin for the believer if we know Christ is Savior. We understand why the world is in it. I don't know how people get up every morning. They don't know Christ. Don't have the Word of God and the Spirit of God. But I'm talking to believers. Someone said this, why pray when you can worry? We sing in the songbook sometimes, that song, Living by Faith. One of the phrases in that says, all of my worry is vain. Sounds like the guy that wrote that might have knew what he was talking about. And it's true. Now I want to read Psalm 37, the first seven verses. Psalm 37, verses 1 through 7, and share a few thoughts with you tonight. So you follow along with me as I read, read together Psalm 37. Fret, that's another word for worry. Fret not thyself because of evildoers. Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they, the people he just talked about in verse 1, shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Verse 3, Psalm 37. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Verse 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. Verse 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret, or if you allow me to say worries, fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. <clears throat> Worry is the worthless 
emotion. Worry doesn't help solve tomorrow's problems or today's problems. And the sooner we consciously, individually understand that and, and apply that, the better off we're going to be. If you think about things you've worried about during your life, I'm looking around. Has it helped? Did it change anything? We all know that's true, but why do we do it? It drains us of the strength needed to face today's difficulties. We live in a very difficult, worrisome, fearful world. Now, rather than give you go on for five minutes about everything that's you're intelligent people, you know what's going on. But a couple of things I learned recently, as I read these things, I thought <clears throat> the devil was trying to get people to worry like they got nothing to worry about. This one's good. If this is not spiritual. If Russia or China sent a missile to the United States, it would get here in one minute, 26 seconds. Now, wasn't that wonderful to know? I thought to myself, who's trying to get people to worry about all this stuff? I think the devil's behind it, but the media, now I got that on the news. Then, another thing, oh, COVID's going to have an uprising. Now we got the variant COVID and all this COVID stuff coming back and all this stuff. And, Worry. Then I heard today at lunch they're going to continue to raise the interest rates. And on and on we could go about different things. How about the price of gas? I also read the price of gas. Now I saw this on the internet on my phone. So it's got to be true. The price of gas may double. Now Instead of worrying, praise the Lord, you don't live in California. It's already six bucks there. So six and six would be 12. Now, I'm not going on because we all have our individual things to worry about that we have worried about, all individual problems, whatever the case may be. But it drains strength from us. The psalmist here calls us to stop worrying. In verse 1, he uses the word fret. That's worry. This psalm helps us with the problem that's common to all. In the text of this chapter and these verses, David is writing, and no doubt he experienced some worry. Because worry, to me, is written all over this passage. Now, what would David have to worry about? He had plenty of money. He didn't have to worry about that. He was a wealthy man, but he was a king. Now, do you think a king might have a couple things to worry about? I think so. He also was a husband. Now, the poor guy was a little bit non-intelligent because he had more than one wife. But the point is, he was a husband. So do you think he ever worried about his wife? And most husbands do. He also was a father. Talk about worry. Remember when his own son Absalom tried to take the kingdom from him? It was deceitful? You think that might cause you to worry? I know he was forgiving of him, but still, you think that might cause you to worry a little bit? This is a psalm in which the Lord sweetly quiets the common complaints of his people. <clears throat> now, we're reading the Bible. This isn't a magazine. 
This is not a local newspaper. This is God's word. So it's different than everything else. It's for us. Now, in the context here, David was fretting over the prosperity of the wicked. We might say ungodly or unsaved. So here's David, the king. He's worrying about that the can I say it this way? The bad people are doing good. He's having a hard time or something. Now, don't raise your hand. You can smile. You don't have to nod. Have you ever thought that? You're trying to do your best of the Lord, and you look around and you say, everybody else is doing better. That's what he was thinking. And he goes on to address that. And that's not always the case. Someone said, all the glitter is not gold. Just because it looks like they're prospering doesn't mean they are. I said, go home and live with them for a week and listen to them. You might find out different. But David was fretting over this stuff. So it was his worry, his problem. And the question tonight to think to ourselves, what's your common complaint? You see, we all worry about different things. People in this section may worry about some things. You guys may worry about something else, and you may worry about something else. And the people in section 3 might say, Oh, you crazy people in Jackson too, you shouldn't be worrying about that. But you're worrying about something they're not worrying about. You follow me? We're not all worrying about the same stuff. So worry is a common problem. And so what's your complaint to you? And different people do worry about different things. Usually they relate to you, your life, and your needs, and your families, or whatever. So I want us to think tonight, I want to give you four words that are right directly in this text. You can't get any more biblical than that. The words we're going to use are right in these words in this passage. And I want to encourage you to circle these, these four words. We're going to look at four words. Circle these four words as, if you get nothing else. Before we look at the words, we need to ask, I need to ask a question. Again, the, a rhetorical question. Think to yourself, we're talking about worry. These words will help us to win over worry, but the question is, do you really want to? Now, I've been around a couple of years, maybe not as long as some of y'all, but I am convinced, being a pastor and dealing with people, there are some people, they, they want to worry. They like the worry. It's their security blanket. And if they don't have anything to worry about, they get stuff. They, they watch the stuff on their phone. Oh, yeah, gas prices are going to double. Oh, boy, I'm going to worry about that now. Are you with me? You probably know somebody, and I would not point anybody out because I don't know if, if, you're, if you worry or not but, about those things. But do you want to overcome it? I can think of, well, I, won't, I never call anybody's name, but I can think of somebody. That's all they do is worry. Now, I don't, it's not biblical. That is, there's not a verse, but I think my grandma said, worry will give you ulcers. I also, I think it was my grandma, grandpa, my mom said, worry will give you gray hair. Present company accepted. <laughs> and that, it's, not, it's not a verse in the Bible, but you know what? I think there's a little bit of truth in both those things. Now, if you don't have gray hair, it doesn't mean you don't worry. But that's what they say. <laughs> So do you want to have worry, be victorious over worry? Now, let me say this. We can't do it ourselves. Have you ever said to yourself, I'm tired of worrying, and you do good for about an hour? 
<laughs> so you, you and I, I cannot, I'm talking to myself as well as you, I cannot by myself, in my own power, not worry. And the same with you. It's only by God's help, with his grace, that we can do this. Now, remember when Paul said in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. You notice he never said what things they were. He just said things. So, number one, it's plural. Things. He said, I can do all things. He didn't say, I can do all things. He said, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Another question to think about. Do you think Paul ever had anything to worry about? I think if you know the Bible at all, the boy, the man, he had a couple things to worry about. And if probably if any of us were in his shoes, we'd probably be worried to death. He didn't know half the time what was going to happen to him. Where he was going to be, if he was going to be in jail, if he was going to be dead, beat to death, attacked, he didn't know. Now, I'm not saying Paul was a warrior. What I'm saying is he had things to worry about. And he said, I can do all things. So what it tells me is he didn't enumerate on what those things were. I think one of them, because he was human, I think one of them might have been worry. Now, maybe Paul wasn't as bad as some people, but he think he had to worry a little bit. So guess what? Why is that verse in the Bible? Because the Lord inspired Paul. You know why it's in there? It's for you and me. And if he had said what those things were, we said, well, that doesn't bother me. I don't have to worry about that. He said things. So whatever those things are, we're talking about worry tonight. So that's one of those things. <clears throat> I want to give you these four words, and then we're going to talk a few minutes about them. The four words that are found in this text are trust, delight, commit, and rest. Again, I encourage you to circle them. Now, look at the word in verse 3, the first word we read already is trust. Trust. In Psalm chapter 2, let me just read this verse. And the last part of verse 12 says, Blessed are all they that put their trust in Him. So it would tell me the converse is true. If you don't put your trust in Him, you're not going to be blessed. Trust in Him. Trust in the Lord you know what trust means? It means to, dictionary says, believe in the honesty and reliability of another person. And so, think about the Lord. Is he honest? Of course. Is he reliable? Of course. So David says here, put your trust in the Lord. And I think too, David's kind of talking to himself. You know, we all do that. And someone said, if you talk to yourself, you get intelligent answers and no back talk. <laughs> so we all talk to ourselves once in a while. I really think David's talking to himself or thinking that but God wrote it down for us on May 19, 2022. And I'm sure all the people that live between David and us still had things to worry about. It's not a new issue. Trust also is another word for faith. We're saved by faith. By grace are you saved through faith, Ephesians 2.8. What's that mean? 
Have you ever seen God? No. Did you see Jesus die on the cross? None of us did. Did you see him resurrect? Did you see the empty tomb? How do we know it's true? The Bible tells us because of faith. By faith we believe it. And so we read in Hebrews eleven six: without faith it is impossible to please him. And so we are to live by faith. Christians are. The Bible says in Romans 1.17, the just, meaning justified, the saved, shall live by faith. Faith is the opposite of worry. The peace of God that much of the world does not have today. If, you've, if you study people and watch people, listen to people, there's not a lot of people running around that have a lot of peace, are they? One of my favorite places to go get educated is Walmart. In the parking lot, I love to watch people in the park. I send the wife inside. I sit in the car and watch people. Or go in the Walmart. You learn all kinds of stuff. And so there's not many peaceful people. And even sometimes Christians, he said to trust. Now the peace of God comes by faith, and we learn that from the Bible too. Let me read to you Philippians 4, verse 6. <clears throat> this is, of course, the Word of God again to remind us. It's the King James Bible, God's Word. Philippians 4, 6. The guy that said, I can do all things through Christ said this. Chapter 4, verse 6. Be careful for nothing. Isn't that easy to read those words? I can read it real easy, can't you? But when I go out the door, it's a little harder to put in practice and be careful for nothing. Yes, that's right. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, when you walk out the door, remember it. <clears throat> but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And here's the result, verse 7, Philippians 4, 7. The peace of God, which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Wouldn't you agree that a lot of the problems in our world, our country, and with us is with people's hearts and minds? And there's all this no peace. He said, if we be careful and we trust him, we'll have the peace of God. But he said in verse 8, Philippians 4, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. You know what our problem is, and I include myself and all of us and those who are here, as well as those who are listening by, by the internet. Instead of reading the KJV, we're reading the DEV. Say, what's the DEV? That's the devil's everyday version. Now, it's not a real version, but I'm, it's, it, 
I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to read these same verses I just read from the Bible, from the devil's everyday version. And then you'll get the point. Philippians 4, doubt in the Lord always. I will say it again, doubt. Let your fretfulness or weariness be evident to all. The Lord has forgotten you. Be anxious about everything and in every situation by mistrust and misery with thanklessness. Wring your hands before God and the weight of the world which transcends all understanding, will grip your hearts and your minds as you lose your grip on Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is aggravating, are you listening? Whatever is aggravating, whatever is agitating, whatever is alarming, whatever is threatening, whatever is upsetting, whatever is unnerving, if anything is disquieting and disturbing, Think about those things. Whatever you have heard or received or heard from me or seen in me, this is Paul talking, ignore. And the God of peace will elude you. Worry. Worry or fear is the opposite of faith. Fear drives our Faith drives our fears away, and faith cures our worrying. David said here, trust in the Lord. It's not rocket science, but it's so hard to do isn't it? sometimes. <clears throat> trust in the Lord. The question tonight is to ask yourself, are you trusting him? We always say yes. I'm not asking for hands being raised. We always say yes, but really, are we really trusting him? Really? The next word is delight in verse 4. We already read it. What does it mean to delight in something? To delight is to take great pleasure. And so David says here, we are to take great pleasure or delight in the Lord. Our walk with him is to be our delight. Is it? You see? We get to know him. We get to read his word. We have his Holy Spirit to comfort us and guide us and direct us. We should take our delight in him. What gives us pleasure reveals the reality of our faith, doesn't it? And a lot of things give us pleasure. And I won't give you a bunch of examples. I'm going to give you two for sake of time. If money is our delight... We might worry at the thought of losing it. Now, let me say this. You have to have money to live. The church has to have money to exist. So don't misunderstand what I'm saying, but if that's our delight, we take great pleasure in that. No, I'm looking around. Nobody here is old enough to have been around in 1929. If you are, then you can thank me after church. The point is, you remember what happened in 1929 in America? I wasn't alive either. I think my parents, uh, my parents weren't alive here. I don't think the crash. You may remember reading about that. You know, people jumped out of buildings and killed themselves. You know why they did? Their delight was in their money and they lost it. Are you listening to God's word? 
The Bible says much about money, of course, and let me read just a couple of verses to get us to think for just a minute, because we're talking about worry. In, in Matthew 4.19, or excuse me, 6.19, this is Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, so he's talking. Matthew 6.19, you know what he said? Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. Now, I don't think he's talking about we don't need to prepare. Don't misunderstand. Don't say, well, just bless God. I'm just going to see what happens. You have to use your brain a little bit. And do you remember a guy in the Old Testament named Joseph? Do you remember when a famine was coming? Did he just say, well, bless God. I'm going to wait till it comes, and then I'm going to trust God. He planned and prepared for that famine, didn't he? And I believe God gave him the wisdom, and he planned for it. And guess what? When it happened... You may know the story or remember the story. He was able to save his whole family. They didn't have any food. How'd that happen? He planned ahead. So we're not talking about not planning for anything, but if that's your delight, boy, delight in my money. You're going to be undelighted when you go to the gas station every time. Verse 20, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. That's Bible. That's Jesus talking. It'd be just as good if it was Paul, but that's Jesus. And it's not 2022 when he said that. So it must have been something need to be said. Jesus just didn't talk like some people do. You know, they just talk, they talk. He has purpose in all he's talking. And it's part of the Bible for us even. So we need to think, we're talking about worrying about money. <laughs> Isn't it funny we never worry about too much money? I have never heard somebody say, oh, I got so much money, I'm so worried about it. I don't know what to do. <clears throat> if you do, I'll be glad to talk to you. I, I can tell you what to do with it. It's always we don't have enough. It's funny though, the more we get, the more we spend. Next, let's put a little, this thought of money's our being our delight, our great pleasure what Paul said to the young preacher Timothy and to us is part of the Bible. Again, money is not bad. I These people who misquote the Bible, money is not the root of all evil. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 4, I'm going to read the verse, the love of money, if you allow me to put that word delight in, the love of money is the root of all evil, which some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. <clears throat> then he goes on to say, in verse 17, Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. <clears throat> he also said, those that will be rich. In other words, that is their goal. It's not taking care of your family. It's not paying your bills and giving to the Lord. That is their delight. That's their goal. He said they fall into many hurtful lusts, which drowned men in destruction and perdition. So we're talking about delighting in the Lord. If success is our delight, we may worry at the thought of failure, and you know what? If we're not careful, we start thinking like the world. 
The world's idea of success is have more, get more, do more. You know, it's kind of funny. I've had a couple funerals. I've seen nobody take their boat with them in their funeral, in the casket. At least not up to this good hour. I've seen nobody take their house. And I would hope nobody would take their bank book because you can't do anything with it in the casket. But, oh, i got to get this. One of my least favorite bumper stickers is this. And we all read them. The one with the most toys at the end wins. And you know what? That's the philosophy of our country, isn't it? The problem with the toys is, let's take phones, for example. You get, a, you get your new phone, next week they come out with a new one that sings, dance, and whistles. Then you get that one. Oh, i got to have that one. And then the next week after that, maybe not the next week, the next month after that, they have another phone that sings, dance, whistles, and does five other things. Same with the computer. It never ends, does it? So things in and of themselves, they won't satisfy you. And it could be success, success in general, having things. That's what the world thinks. I've got a neighbor like that. He's got a boat, he's got two or three cars, and he's got this and he's got that. I think he thinks he's successful. I'm thinking, I don't think you are. But, you know, he's got a couple of cars and this and that. Big, well, big deal. But he takes pleasure delight in that. And it's a free country. I'm just saying that I think he's, he needs the Lord, of course. <clears throat> success in general or success in business. Well, if our bottom line, our company would improve, that'd be great. Well, if you're a businessman, you would hope it would. You'd work to that end. But what I'm saying is, success in the eyes of the world and success, what God says success is, are not the same thing. As a matter of fact, they're diametrically opposed. You know, the only time success is found in the Bible is in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. I'm going to read the verse for you. That's the only time it's found in the Bible, success. We're talking about worry. We're talking about delighting in the Lord. Our delight should be in him and not success. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Now remember, Joshua did not have the whole Bible. He didn't have the dwelling of the Holy Spirit. He did have the word of God, but not the whole thing like we do. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Wow, what a thought. We're talking about worry, we're talking about delight. The next word is, or the next word is commit in verse 5. To commit is to entrust something to another person to take care of so you don't have to do it. So parents do to kids. And the kids don't do it, and it's, that's another problem. <laughs> to somebody else to take care of it. In verse 5, he said we should commit things to the Lord. Now, <clears throat> in August, my wife and I will be married 48 years. And I can't believe it either. <laughs> One of the reasons she married me, and she will tell you this, she's in kids' class tonight, but you can ask her. Because she didn't want to mow grass anymore. She was the oldest of four girls and she hated mowing the grass. 
And she even said, I mean, among other reasons, of course. <laughs> but she said, I don't want to mow grass anymore. Now, you know what? As I was thinking of this message and talking about and thinking about that, in almost 48 years, to my memory, not one time has she said, Oh, honey, you better go out and mow the grass. Oh, the grass is getting a little bit high, don't you think? She has never, ever said that. And I even said to her, I said, she goes, no, I haven't. You know why? She, when I said I do at the altar, it meant all kinds of I do's. So good luck, Preston. <laughs> In my case, it meant mow the grass. And she's never said that. You know why she committed that to me? Let him take care of it. I'm not worried about it. If we can commit to a human being, and I'm not trying to compare that to the Lord. What I'm saying is, if we can commit to a human being to take care of something like that, can't we commit to him? The answer is obvious, isn't it? We're talking about worry. Commit it to him. <clears throat> we are to entrust the Lord our way to the Lord. Remember that verse in Proverbs 3, 5? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And... Along with that, lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. I wonder why he said lean not to your own understanding. Because that's what we tend to do. I think the guy that wrote that, we tend to do that. It's not that we forget the Lord, we don't care, we just, well, here's a problem, I'm going to figure it out. We all do that to some degree. Now, that's not to say everything, don't, don't use a little brain power, but... Commit it to the Lord. Of course, the Bible is so much easier to read than do, isn't it? Commit to the Lord. Yeah, I agree. That's a hard one too sometimes. That helps us with worry. At salvation, we trust our souls to Him, of course. We can safely trust the future to Him. So, do you commit your way to the Lord each day? You know, the Bible says this. <clears throat> we meaning us, us people, you and men's, we and those listening, those in the auditorium, we know not what a day may bring forth. Isn't that the truth? You think day's going to go this way and this is going to happen, that you're going to go here? Sometimes it's not what you thought was going to happen at all. That's why you've got to learn to roll the punches a little bit, huh? But you know what? We don't know what's going to happen during a day. But he does. That's why we just commit this day to the Lord. Right, Lord, I don't know what's going to happen, but be with me and help me direct me. I'm committing it to you. The Bible says also the steps of a good man, meaning man and woman, mankind, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. <clears throat> so you know what? If, we, if you commit your day to him, if I commit my day to him, it will help on worry. You're committed to him. The, the fourth word is the word rest, found in verse 7. Rest in the Lord. To rest is to relax completely. Now, I think you all would agree with me. If you don't, I'm still right. People today have a problem with, we might use the word chilling. Oh, I got to go here, I got to go here, I got to do this, got to do that, and blah, 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 blah. And eight times out of ten, 
Notice I didn't say nine. Eight times out of ten, it really is no big deal. Maybe two times out of ten it is. We're running around like chickens with our head cut off, so to speak. For what? We've got to go here. We've got to do this. We've got to, and there's certainly things of life we have to take care of <clears throat> and responsibilities, of course. But we don't know how to rest. And David said, we're talking about worry. We should rest in him. Not rest, go to bed, close your eyes. Rest in him. We're to relax completely in him. It's hard to do. We're to relax in the love and the care of Christ. As you read your Bible through this year, you'll come to 1 Peter 5, 7. You're not there yet. You know what it says? Casting all your care upon him. Not the end of the verse. For he careth for you. Again, isn't the Bible easy to read? Easy to understand? Cast whatever your care is. You may care about things, worry about things. Can I say it that way? That I may not worry about. I'm sure I worry about things you wouldn't worry about. Cast them on him. All right, Lord. I am I'm resting in you. I'm committing this to you. How about that verse in Psalm 55 and verse 22? It says this. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain you. That's what Paul meant. I can do all things through Christ. He'll sustain you. He'll help you. But it doesn't happen if we don't cast the burden on him. You know what our problem is? And we're all guilty of this. We do cast our burden on the Lord, but we take it back. Why do we do that? And all of us, including myself, have done that. Sorry, Lord, I'm committed to you. And I'm good for a day or two, and then I take it back. Or sometimes people come to church and pray some at the altar, and they commit to the Lord, they get up. When they get up, they pick it up again. I guess we're human beings, aren't we? <laughs> That's why we need God's guidance. That's why we need the help with worry. How can we worry when the future is in his hands? Now, if you watch television, I've said this before, all day long, May God have mercy on you because, especially if you watch news stuff all day long, it's all negative, depressing. They never tell about the good stuff. I shouldn't say never, but very seldom do they talk about nice stuff and good stuff. It's always, this is bad stuff and so on and so forth. <clears throat> we used to have a man to come to church here. I may have told the story, I'm not sure. Every Sunday he would come to me and tell me about all this bad stuff. I'm not, he's dead, but I'm still not going to call his name. I said, I called his name. I said, hey, would you quit watching TV? Because he was an older man. With all due respect, he was retired. With all due respect. But he would sit at home and watch TV all day. And he'd listen to the news and he'd get all wound up and he'd come to church and try to wind me up. And I said, would you just quit watching TV? So don't do that all day, especially the news. The, you know who's in control? It's not the president. And I'm stopping right there. <laughs> it's not the United Nations. God's in control. We all know that. We all agree with that. 
Now, that doesn't mean everything's the way we want it. I mean, I, I live in the world like you do, too. I, things are not like the way we want it. But God's still in control. God hasn't lost control. Oh, no, what's happening down there? I'm confused. <clears throat> I, and that's not him. So resting in Jesus brings peace in daily life. I think, if I know people and myself, I think we all could probably use a good dose of that every day, couldn't we? A little peace. We're talking about, talking about worry. So again, the question about this word, rest. Are you resting in the Lord? Again, we all would say, oh, yeah, I'm resting in Him, but are you really? We all should, we all need to be, of course, every one of us. Worry, trust, delight, commit, rest. Again, I encourage you, if you did not, to write these, circle these four words down. And then the next time you begin the worry, look at this chapter, these verses, and these four words out of the Bible. Because you know how worry is? You don't just get up, all of a sudden you're worried out of your mind. You start thinking a little bit, and then you think a little more. I'm talking to all of us. And you think a little more, and you think, before you know it, you're thinking about this, it drives you crazy. And then you start worrying about it. Isn't that the pattern? Or am I the only guy that works that way? I think we all think that way. So when you start to worry, I'm talking to those who know Christ as Savior, get out this book because it'll mean something to you. And remember these four words that will help you not to worry. These words, these four words from God's Word can change warriors into warriors. So the question is tonight, what part do these four words play in your life? Or maybe more appropriately, what place will they play in our lives? Let's stand please for your soul with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Have a time of invitation now.